Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, hello everyone, and this is Helena Steiner-Hornstein meeting with you again. And as you saw in my emails and as you've seen in the introduction on the website, I'm sure you know that I have a completely different guest this time. And that is an author uh, uh, who has written a book about uh, men and women in a relationship. And uh, the title of the book is called Know Your Pig, Playful Relationship Advice for Understanding Your Man, But Man is Overcrossed, and then it says pig in red. Uh, And I think that's kind of a charming title. Michael Coogan, one of the authors of the book, is with me on the other line. I hope you're still there, Michael. Yep. Hi. How are you doing? And uh, how come you found that title? Um, Well, we used to, my co-author and I were were doing some trainings with people and helping professional salespeople move to the next level, men and women. And what we found is we used a lot of relationship examples because really selling is about relationships. And people will come up after the con- out of their courses and say, you know, that was really funny and that's very insightful. I didn't know that. You guys should write that down. That's really interesting. So we, uh, after, after having, you know, many, many people tell us that, we, we put a draft together, showed it around, and men and women both said this is really funny, but it's also got a lot of wisdom and you guys should keep pursuing this. So that's how we got kind of the newest of uh, the book going. Yeah, that's great. And, you know, I met you personally in Philadelphia uh, last summer. That's right. And, you, yes, <laughs> and uh, you put that book in my hand, and I said, oh, how very nice of you, you know. And uh, it's one of those books, it's so easy to read. So I actually looked at it on the plane, and then I kept it on my desk, and I looked at it again and again. And each time I read it, I had a few laughs. And usually when you read these books, it's not that funny, you know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, people make, uh, you know, society has, has kind of conditioned men and women that relationships are really difficult and challenging and stressful, and, and so people approach them that way. And, and we thought, you know, you can tell a lot of truth using humor and kind of lightening up the conversation. So that's the approach we took when we wrote the book. Yeah, and I, I see that because it's really also when you're funny, and you know what you're doing, you are actually to the point. And don't you feel that we take ourselves a little bit too seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah. Both men and women do. And, and it's funny when, they, when people, you look at these surveys that are out there when they interview women, um, you know, number one or number two thing that women look for in a man is humor. And yes. so it goes for both people. It really does. That's actually one of the, po- of the points uh, uh, what I'm looking for in a man, I must have a good time. I must have lots of laughs. I think it's very, very important. And, of course, then I'm a very spiritual person, so I like men to have a little bit of a spiritual aspect. And uh, I think some people might be a little bit surprised that I have this subject on today because I'm usually what we call a spiritual uh, subject person. <laughs> and... Uh, 
then I said, no, this belongs to, to spirituality. We all belong to the same universe, and that we click together, that mm-hmm. is creating a universe, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we think, uh, I mean, if you know, look at two sides of a, you know, a coin, there's always another side, and the other side, the humor, I think, is actually spirituality. Because to be able to really see the humor and the lightness in, in difficult situations or frustrating situations, you've got to do a lot of internal reflection and, and realize, you know, it's just life sometimes. You've got to take it with a grain of salt and kind of move on and, and do some reflection and then, you know, kind of laugh at it. Yeah, and that is what spirituality is in a way. It's actually being light-hearted. It's getting out of the box. It's getting over the borders and out through the door. And uh, otherwise, we get stuck in something called religion, and the two are completely <laughs> separated from each other. Don't you think? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I was I was uh, raised Catholic, and kind of used to joke about saying it was the conversion by concussion method of of learning religion. Oh yes, and uh, I'm me being Swedish, of course, I'm Protestant, Lutheran, Protestant, like all Swedes which is very free, and uh, I made my daughter, for instance, who has uh, her father who was Catholic, and uh, she, I made her, she had a choice, do you want to be Protestant or Catholic, and we decided it was okay to be Catholic, because it give you, gives you a good foundation, of course. Right, all. right. Yeah, it's and, good structure. Uh, good. Yeah, good structure and good foundation, and it's uh, good to move away from it, you know. Once you have that foundation, you can move on. Right. So, uh, but I noticed in my one-on-one consultations that uh, people have problems with each other. You know, men have problems with women, and women have problems with with men. And this seems to be like an eternal problem, don't you think? Or what do you feel about that? Yeah, there there is, and I mean, even we, myself, and and, and my co-author uh, Bill Burton felt the same way, and, and in me growing up and going through relationships, I would read what was out there, talk to people, and and finally we got to a point of going, you know what, there's a lot of stuff out there that's good that talks about relationships, but from a, uh, a structure of the way relationships really work, we didn't see anything that was really beneficial. And we came across a book called, that was good from a scientific point of view, called The Female Brain, written by a female Stanford PhD. Uh-huh, and you told me about that book, and what what hit you about that book? What hit you about the contents? Well, she she basically had mapped the female brain from um, inception to death and all the uh-huh. different growth uh, modes and, and patterns and emotions. And, and But what she discovered in, in that process, she also realized that the both men and women start out with a female brain. And at eight weeks, when testosterone is injected into the male brain, the male brain takes a different course and grows completely differently than the female brain. So at a root level, the, you know, we, we really are different from a chemical cellular level. And, and as you take that forward and realize society has kind of laid, laid on us this idea of, well, no, we're all the same. Well, we are and we're not. So how, how one perceives communication and relationships and, and topics is, is really different. And so, again, we, we looked at that and said we need to – take that as a structure and show how men are really different than women and what really works. Yes, and that's so true. We are so darn different. We look at, you know, a woman says, 
this is blue, and the man looks at it and says, no, it's green. And I remember I had a boyfriend once, and he said, oh, take that green dress, and I couldn't figure out what he meant, but it was one of my blue dresses. Right. <laughs> and it, it's, right. it's the way we look at things. I have forgotten to give the number to our listeners here to dial in, area code 347-324-3293. And uh, I will give a num- the number again, so if you have any questions for Michael or myself or later his co-author about women, men, etc., and you want to know a little bit more about men and how they tick, call us up, 347-324-3293. And I see there is someone calling right now. Let me take that call. All right. Okay. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. This is Linda. I'm calling from Hallandale Beach, Florida. Oh, and hello, I, hello, Linda. How, how are you? Thank you for taking the call. Um, I just wanted to know where a really good place to meet men would be. I'm 51, and it's a little bit hard to find men in my own age group, and I was wondering what the advice would be for that. Okay. What do you say, me, um, Michael? What is a good place to meet a good man? I mean, you mean a serious man or someone you, you can kind of be with? Later. Yes, yes, and um, well, well, let me ask you, what, what, what we always try to do is, is put the areas around where you have, you know, your interests and passions. So, I mean, if you're into sports bars, obviously you go to sports bar or sports events, but if you're into hiking or tennis or something like that, it's something that you want to find someone or some area where you have certain commonalities or certain things or topics that you would relate to. So I don't, I'm not sure. What are your What are your interests in life, and what do you like to well, do? And well, I'm a massage therapist, and I'm an author. I do a lot of traveling, and I do some teaching. Um, and but what I find is in my age group, you know, when one is widow, widowed, or when one is divorced, it's just so difficult to to meet high quality men in my age group. And I um, was just looking for good ideas. Yeah, we we uh, had. Um, I guess some ideas I'd give, share with you is, um, um, you know, rotary clubs are good, uh, events that uh, uh, men in, in the age bracket, you know, the 40s and 50s, uh, are typically either have a sport or two that they're kind of into or they're into some type of cooking. I don't know if you've ever done any of these cooking uh, classes, but that seems to be, we've had other women That's tell really us. That's really good. I've heard this from friends, both Michael and Linda. Cooking classes are excellent. And then yeah. for women, of course, you get a man who is uh, who, who can help you in the kitchen <laughs> later on. The other, the other thing nice. I su- suggest mm-hmm. as well is the um, is when you're out looking and talking to people, let people know um, that you are looking because the friends and coworkers and people you run into, if you, you know, gently let them know, you know they have networks of people as well. Most people assume when you're out doing your thing, that you're happy and fine, you're not looking, and so no one ever says, hey, I, I know someone you might want to meet. So yeah, yeah. like an extended network. I have noticed, though, yeah, and I've noticed, though, Linda, that if you don't give the impression of looking, that is, you kind of imagine that you are already in love with someone, then you kind of send out that particular energy to That's people. That's true. And that's really true, you know, and they pick up on that, that, oh, she's already in tune, and not that they think so, but something in us is picking up on that energy. And I remember through my, you know, life when I've been in love with someone, that was the time when everyone else wanted to go to me, too. 
Yeah, part of the part of the chase for men, right? They 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 don't want something that's too easy. They want someone that you know is someone focused on what they want. I think men that's men are exactly. afraid of having huh? people that are going to glom onto them and yeah and, and commitment, you know. Yeah. So uh, that is the probably the number one step when you go out. Just oh no, I'm so much in love. I have someone, <laughs> and they will pick up on that, and then they will just flock towards you. Well. Thank you so very much. You've given me about four or five really good ideas that I'm going to go ahead and pursue. And I love the show. I hope uh, I hope you're on for quite some time. Do you mean Michael? Uh, that, well, there was the one about last week. Was there not a show about uh, the animals? About you. <laughs> I know, I'm talking about Helena. Yeah, I'm talking about you, Helena. I know, I got sent towards Helena. One of the most intelligent women I know advised me that I should really call and check because the opinions Uh were very, very valid. So, actually, it's great, Michael, and it's really great to get a man's opinion about how a woman should find a man because we are so totally different. Yes, we really are. So, great great having you, Linda. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. I have another call here. Uh, oh, there we go. She clicked. I say she. Okay, I have another call there. Area code seven eight six. Hello. 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 We have um, had the question answered right now, and you have a question for us. Yes, I have a question about um, how I, I was just listening to your last caller, which answered some of my question. But how do you find someone when you're not looking? Aha. Uh-huh. But if you, how do you find when you're not looking? It doesn't. In other um, words, you're not oh, going to places where people are single. People are, you know, hanging out. Um, I just left it to chance, always, and I really haven't met anyone that way. Aha. Uh-huh. What do you say, say about that, Michael? Well, I think I think um, I guess if you look at the distinction of not looking or, or looking, acting like you're you're happy. Um, you know, there's a fine line between being really direct and saying, "I'm looking. I want to meet somebody. I want to you know meet you right now." That kind of comes off a little too strong versus mm-hmm. you know engaging in some other topic or some other you know communication with somebody that naturally brings out your personality that someone goes hey are you know guys guys are again we're simple so we don't overthink things they're going <laughs> to I have to fig- that. yes <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're not we're not dumb but we are simple but yeah. you know we're going to we're going to sit there and when I've met people um I naturally think of other guys that are that are looking or women that are looking and and someone's got a good personality they're fun the humor just when you bring your humor out it always is a attractor that you naturally, a guy would naturally ask, hey, are you single? Are you looking? They'll bring up the questions, but it's got to be kind of a a draw. That's the question. Yeah. What is the last thing we should say in the beginning, Michael? What should we not say in the beginning? Well, I shouldn't say I'm looking for someone. Because then again, people get their their perception and expectation in their mind is, oh, I'm going to, this person's a, you know, I mean, there are people, men and women, that just glom on right away, and I don't think people that are looking for relationships really want that. I mean, one of the things we say in the book and we talk to people about is is men want relationships just as much as women do. They just, they do it differently and they communicate it differently, but they still have that need. So if you take the premise that they have the need and you're making yourself 
in your most attractive way, whether it's your personality, your, uh, the way you dress, the humor, you differentiate yourself already from the crowd of the people out there that have that, you know, everybody talks about the neon sign with the desperation light blinking on their forehead saying, <laughs> yeah. you know, i got to go yeah, to this. You so. see that, yes. <laughs> and yes. Uh, someone well, also said, uh, oh, well, don't show those dollar signs in your eyes, you know, also. Like some women, they're after, oh, does, can't he support me? Does he have enough money? And I think men pick up on that. Do they do that, Michael? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's, it's you know, women look at men as are they confident, or are they funny, or are they self-assured? And men look at women the same way. It's just from a different lens. Okay, okay. And Michael, what's the name of your book, please? Again, uh, the name of the book is Know Your Pig, and you can okay. get it on any of the dot com, Amazon dot com, Barnes and Noble, any of your dot com retailers. No, no, you're okay. No, you're pig. And he doesn't mean the four-legged man- ones. He means right. the two-legged <laughs> ones. <laughs> Interesting title. Uh. <laughs> Does that mean that knowing your pig is is knowing someone who has a good sense of humor? Well, I mean, yes. it's, it's a lot of things. I mean, we we you know the uh, we've heard we just played off kind of the term that women say men are pigs, and, and oh. we've said you know well that's true. And when you have, when men have that guy conversation amongst other men, we okay. all know we're pigs. It's just we all know we're different. We're simple, but we know the different types. So we broke oh. that down and said there's, there's nine types of pigs for the character okay. types. And then we're typically in one of six states. And, and you can, I'm sorry? Yes, no, nothing. I just uh, want you to go through what those types are because you have nine, you have described nine types of pigs, uh, of men, that is. And uh, you even identified yourself as one of the uh, types, which was the gourmet pig. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. then you have all kinds of interesting types, if you want to describe that. Yeah, so, I mean, I, my, my type is the gourmet pig, and my co-author, is the, uh, he's a type 3, which is an acrobat pig. And if you read the descriptions and, you know, you okay. show them to other people, they say, yeah, that's you dead on. And from really? my, for instance, my type, you know, we based it upon a uh, – there's a psychological character test out there called the Enneagram, which we, we uh, interpreted. And, and basically my type is, is um, you know, I like, uh, I like gourmet things. They could be high-end or low-end, but it's, it's usually something that's very, um, very extravagant, high-energy person, you know, kind of the, one of those the fun people, kind of a lot of energy, which can stress people out because sometimes it's too much energy. Right. Um, we have people in our, in our group uh, I have a friend out in Philadelphia. He's a type 8, which is the guard pig, and he's your typical, you know, that New Yorker in-your-face kind of person. So uh-huh. it, it's kind of funny when we've talked to different women's groups and we've had a dip, bunch of different men at different types there. Uh, again, the premise of the book is women really choose men. Men don't choose women. Okay. So women need to really – women go out looking for a type or a person and – the mm-hmm. downside is that men end up showing up with what they're not. So it becomes a, a mismatch from the get-go. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we tell men, I'm going to look. get the book. <laughs> we'll I'm getting men, the book, you know. Michael. Thank you. <laughs> we tell men, look, you need to be, you know, if you're going to be selected, quit trying to sell yourself. Just be who you are, and the woman will pick you. If you're mm-hmm. being who you are, that's going to be a natural attraction. A woman will be attracted to that. They'll pick you. Now you have a basis for at least, you know, a good start of a relationship 
Yeah, and that's very, you know, that was the question I wanted to ask her when I was kind of mumbling in the background here. Uh, what types of women do men like? But you say the women who are themselves. Yeah, and they, they, yeah. they like the ones that like who they are. I mean, you always hear about people frustrated because they get into a relationship and six months down the road, the woman says, well, you're not who you, you appeared to be. And then the guy says, well, no, I have been that when he hasn't, really hasn't been. So when, you, when both people are coming at it from a perspective of, I'm interested in a type 7 or type 4, I like that character type, uh-huh. and the person's being that, then they don't have, they're, not, they're not starting on the premise of a uh, right. uh, falsehood. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying, we should actually allow the sense of humor to play more of an active part in our relationships? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just to get started and... and I mean, humor is something that everybody can relate to, and there's different different types of humor, obviously. And uh, we can laugh at each other, and I feel that is so important. When we, you know, and we can also, oh, you men, you think so-and-so, and and you women think so-and-so, but if we should take it as a joke, you know, we should take it lightly, that's the way we are, and we shouldn't take it so seriously. That's the way to do it, isn't it? I can tell you there's, a, there's, there's been a few men. I mean, most people you know, laugh at the book, laugh at the title, but there's been a few men that have, have been pretty uh, upset about the title and have, have uh, had some strong words saying, you know, I am not a pig and I don't want to be called a pig. And, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, the women in groups have said, well, what type is that? You know, and, and we have a special <laughs> type 10, which isn't in the book, but we say that's the, that's the man that's kind of lost his inner pig. And he needs to discover that. <laughs> you know, I know men like this who wouldn't like that title. They would just not laugh at it. They would take but, it seriously, sure. saying exactly this. Uh, no, I'm not a pig. Why did it say that? And we'll, they would be very negative towards the whole thing. And I seriously, uh, uh, you know, know several like that. But the, but the thing with, I guess, the flag with that for us, what we say, and we tell women is, is, look, if you can't find someone that can laugh at themselves, why do you want to start off investing your time and energy in somebody that's yes. caught up in their own ego all the time? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank well, you there very much. There we go. Well, thank, thank you. Do you have another question? And I'm getting the book. <laughs> thank that's you. That's good. <laughs> all right. You can go to Amazon.com. Know your pig. Thank you. We have... And on our website, we also have a, uh, a compliment card for men and women that we uh, we used to tell men because you know they try to sell themselves and go up and talk to people. They'd always do some cheesy line, and we said, you know, go back to the old days and you know 30s and 40s and 50s when when men were gentlemen and you know what they used to do from just a self-esteem point of view was go and compliment people, men and women. So yeah. we have these little uh, compliment cards. We also have them on the web where they're, they're it's a free uh, electronic compliment card you can send to men or men can send them to women and uh, you'd be amazed how many uh, how a conversation can just start out by somebody just doing a compliment and unfortunately we live in a society now where even if you do a compliment people are suspect yes they are and they wonder why did they say that and they might take it the other way even yeah and there's there's going to be guys out there that that do that but but we've had men that are shy and they're great men, but they just don't know how to break through that initial conversation. And we said, just go up and give a compliment. Hey, I like your humor. I like your hair. I like your personality. Yeah. And shut up, and then don't say anything else. And then if they're interested, you'll start a conversation. If they're not, okay, you gave them a compliment. No harm done. Mm-hmm. 
good. But men are also, I feel American men, me being Swedish, of course, and I say something nice to an American, and, and someone I meet anywhere, not someone I'm dating or having dinner with, but someone like I meet standing in a line for, to buy something, and I say something nice. He cannot take that as well. A right. woman is more used to compliment. Oh, and yeah. yeah he probably thinks I'm hitting on him, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it comes a compliment from a woman. I think comes off much stronger to a man than the man to a yeah. woman because most men are not used to getting them, and they're they're suspects of someone yeah. doing that. Yeah, if I thank him for something and I say this was so very nice of you to do that, what a good you know gesture. They they have little trouble, you know. They wonder why I get into saying so much. Oh yeah, I mean most people, if you do that, it's funny. If you just start doing that every day, men and women, it's amazing the reaction. People don't know what to do with it. They're yeah. like, you don't want anything? No. But why are you doing that? It's very good, you know, the expression, kill with kindness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it? Thank you both. Sure, thanks Thank for calling in. Thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. And uh, this is, uh, the, what kind of feedback have you had in general about the book? We talked about the title that some men have been a little bit... Uh, funny about it and and otherwise what has the feedback been the feedback's been pretty good it's uh we haven't had you know other than a a comment or two from some men that were didn't like the title and stuff most most people really like it they get a good laugh out of it and and i think a lot of women write in and say it can't be that simple and uh and we're like yeah it really can try a couple of the things out in there and then they'll write back and and they'll be laughing going i can't believe this it just you know and what we say is simple is hard. Simple is not easy. I mean, complex is easy because it's, you know, a lot of rules. But simplicity, doing something simple, is very hard to do. So we'll get uh, men are, are pretty funny. They've been, at Christmas time, they were buying them in, you know, 5 and 10 and 15 at a time and handing them out as gifts and saying, see, it's not me. I'm not unique. Men are like this. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> once you know men and once you have met different men, uh, you know, through your life, you see there are all those types, and you also have to look at it in a humorous way. That is right. my experience. Right. You have to laugh at it. And this thing that one man, he can do, let's say a man can do one thing at a time. Don't talk to him while he's doing it. Whereas the woman, she can sit there and she can watch television and talk on the phone, watch the kids cook, you know, do manicure, everything at the same time if she had enough hands for it. Oh yeah. Well, that even that goes back to that uh, the earlier comment about that book, the female brain. The uh, the female brain is actually smaller size than the male brain, but it's it's more dense, and it's it's evolved holistically. So every area of the brain, in terms of abilities, is always is always equal. And they also have I think it's like fifty thousand times more neurons in the brain than men do. They do, yes, and uh, they always have. You know uh, the small brains and so on. No, it's. Uh, it, I think the biggest brain ever measured was uh, on a on a male uh, imbecile, on a male idiot somewhere. <laughs> so it has nothing to do with the size. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So uh, no, women are very multi-talented. So uh, they forget that. It's, and I always talk to men when they do something else, and they always get kind of they lose their attention span. They they cannot handle that, and they 
can always tell me, can you now shut up a bit so I can do this? <laughs> and it might only be like hammering a nail in the wall, you know? Yeah. Well, we're, we're very, uh, uh, men are very task-oriented. So uh, you can look at that negatively or positively. Women that oh, use that look at it positively and say, okay. Yes. And we have, for instance, you know, one thing that works really well with us is, you know, everybody has their honeydew list or a list of things they have to do. And we show women that, you know, when you, how you do a list, um, you know, again, if you tell a man to go to a store and pick up a bunch of things, if you haven't written it down, he's going to go buy 15 other things and not bring back the things you asked him to get. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so we try to tell them, you know, write it, write it down, put it on a task list, and then, you know, men are good about, okay, i got to get these 20 things. Yeah. Now, a lot of people say that men don't care about relationships. Is that so, or we talked about that a little bit already? Yeah, no, I, I think, I think um, you know, we found that a lot of men care about relationships. I mean, you'll get the, you know, guys that are slimy and all that that, that don't, but I think on, on the whole, men like, men are into relationships just as much as women are. It's just different how we go about it, how we communicate it, and how we present it. Yeah. So, so we've uh, seen men say that. I mean, you know, men, uh, again, we have men that buy the book. They go, God, why can't I find someone that understands my type? And then, I, you know, <laughs> I want the same things. Yeah. No, it's, it, it, the types you have there are, are very good. And do you want to mention them a, a little bit and go into something? I have them here in the book. You have uh, type 1, the excellence pig. What is uh, the excellence uh, yeah, so I mean, there's there's essentially uh, the nine types. I mean, the excellent. I mean, they're uh, they're kind of broken down into threes, and um, you know, some are again more introverted, some are more extroverted. But again, the like the excellence. So the excellence pig, charitable pig, and the acrobat pig. Those are types one, two, and three. Much more kind of uh, you know strong people, but very introverted, quiet. Um, you know, when they when they talk. You know, when they say something, they really, really mean it. Um, you know, organized stuff like that. They're they're very into kind of emotions more than than the other types. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, then I see one: the sentimental pig, this, uh, the sentimental man. Is he really sentimental? Yeah, that's the uh, uh, you know kind of the hopeless romantic type. You know, artist type, very. Uh, uh, very emotional, probably probably a little more feminine than most, you know, outwardly, and comes off very, you know, everything is uh, is uh, about more about feelings and than things, and that's you know, it's the creative type. The the artist types are like that. They're very yeah. very passionate and very emotional and deal with a lot of feelings. I have been surprised how many men are romantics. You know, they plan romantic things. And I think they've been given a bad rap, maybe, that they are yeah. not romantic. What do you say about that? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. A lot of guys, you know, a lot of men will say that, that, again, society has conditioned people to say you have to do it this way to be, quote, unquote, romantic. And, you know, men like to show up the way they want to show up and deliver their vision of romance and what it means to them. And unfortunately, I think women have also been conditioned that they, they put expectations that, oh, you have to buy me roses on Valentine's Day. You know, a lot of men hate Valentine's Day because it's a, it's a preconditioned holiday that says you have to do this to prove that. Yes, and when you go in a restaurant for Valentine, you get a special treatment and, it, you know, it's all that nonsense. Yeah, 
and I know, you know, I know a lot of it myself. I, I will n- never send flowers to anybody on Valentine's Day. It just, I just cannot, I do not want to be put in that bucket. I'll send them throughout the rest of the year, but I won't <laughs> do them on that day. And that's, that's what we have to look at. It's not a, it's not a one-time event. It should be a, a an event that if the, if the woman likes flowers, then, you know, that should be a note that the guy takes, and he should do it on more regular basis versus on a, oh, I'll just do it this one time. Yeah. What do you feel about this, that uh, women say men should be more feminine and and, and the guys say, well, I wish she would be more masculine and be more like us? us. Does that work? No. No. I think that's another one of those society things that said, you know, uh, women want men to be like this. And, you know, we always talk to women and go, do you, you know, you really think about that? Do you really want someone that's like that, that's like your girlfriend? You know, that's not real attractive. It's not. No, it's not. And the French say, you know, vive la différence, you know, long yeah. live the difference between us. And that's the charm, I think, that it should be a game all the time. We should play that game. And I like the idea of being allowed to be a man and being allowed to be a woman. I love yeah. being a woman, and I'm sure you love to be a man. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and, and again, you can you can have traits that are similar, but I mean, you know, why try to do something that's not normal? I mean, yeah, it just doesn't. It's it's you know. I mean, you're sure you heard the joke. You know, trying to get a pig to sing, it you know can't work, and it irritates the pig. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and uh, me coming from the country, you know, I know pigs and how they are, you know, the real four-legged ones. And uh, and I was going to ask you, did you ask for permission from the pig, you know, to use them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, pigs are smart. You know, they're smart by they nature. They are the you know, smartest, yes. And, uh, I think yeah. they're about the smartest animals uh, uh, around on four legs, uh, also kangaroos. But I think also what I've been told, uh, they're all smarter than dogs. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. people out there will not agree, but I know people, uh, and these were in England, of course, English people do things that way. They've had pigs trained to be in the house. House trained and sitting around on couches oh, yeah. and everything, scratching on the door when they went out. These were smaller pigs, not the big oink one, you know, you have to have in this country, but nice little European pigs. Oh, yeah. And they have well, you, been very nicely house trained. Well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of stars have pigs. I know Joe's, George Clooney has one. He's got one of those little tiny pig potbelly pigs or something. He has a pet. Oh, and, uh, you see. I mean, there's a lot of you know they're they're fun and and things like that. But again, again it's you know they're uh, we always say you know simplicity is hard. Yeah, yeah. No, it's. Uh, we do have, uh, we, we think differently, again, in every way, and we shouldn't criticize each other because of that. I think it's such fun. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny. The, uh, I like one a little the, tension, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And that's what you know, it comes down to is the, if you appreciate the differences um, and go on the premise that we are different, then you've got to ask the question of, okay, well, how is this person different? I mean, I, I think we have a lot of people ask us, are you guys going to write a book for about women? And our answer is defiantly no, <laughs> <laughs> because it's it's been done. People try to do it, and the, uh, the the premise we come from on dealing with women is women are so unique and they're so complex, and they have so many more areas of complexity that you can't you can't really label women. Uh, because you got to add emotions, time, um, 
different capabilities and, than a man. Yes, does. and you found out, you found also, you heard this that the women have two X chromosomes, and scientists believed before that these two chromosomes were identical. Now mm. they found out they are not. Uh, the second oh. X chromosome is more complex than the other one, and between women, those X chromosomes are also very different. So right. that is probably news for you, but uh, this is uh, a new scientific. I think it is something that came from a university in this country. But the news was spread out more in Europe than in this country. Hmm. And uh, so some women are totally different from other women. I know I grew up with boys, uh, and all my friends were boys, and uh, I learned to communicate boys' ways, uh, which was not talking too much and to solve a problem with a straight right, you know, just mm -hmm. hitting them. <laughs> and that was very easy, and I, I did so even then. And when I came to school and, and I did that with girls, that didn't work at all, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. don't hit girls. <laughs> right. So, but uh, it was a very simple solution. And for me it was wonderful because I was always much taller than they were. Girls grow faster, and boys of the same age, they were always little little, uh, you know, smaller than I was. So I always have this stronger, you know, uh, hit on them uh, that oh, way. Yeah. And it worked really well. And uh, I also was conditioned to think a different way like they did. And it still sits right there. And I notice I'm more conditioned sometimes to think like a man. But everyone says, oh, no, you're so feminine, you know. <laughs> it couldn't be. But no, in my trained mind, I think very often like a man. Interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, there's uh, we did a uh, we did a study because we were when we were talking to men because again when we talked to men we were a lot of the frustrations that came out in the groups we would we would meet with would say you know why they'd be frustrated going, why why is she making this so hard why isn't yes why know, are women so frustrated with men yeah yeah and why it, well I think part of it is that they're again society's conditioned women to say you know do it the way we do it which guys just don't do that. And so, you know, guys have tried. They try to do the language, try to do it. But we, uh, we did a study where we, we actually asked men from ages 22 to 55 of all different backgrounds and races and job careers. And, and the question was, okay, if, if you had your way and you could ask, you could tell your significant other, whether it's your, your wife or girlfriend or the person you're dating, you know, three to five ways to communicate with you that would work for you, what would they be? And what came back was was kind of fascinating because across the board, uh, it fit into 14 buckets. Everything that men wanted out of, out of these, I think it was 150 people we did, and then uh -huh. we did some more after that. And and again, they were they were simplistic. And so we, you know, one of the things women always always ask us, and they get frustrated with men, is is they say, yeah, but he told me he loved me, he, he did this, he did that, but but you know, he's not he's not showing up or he's not following up. And, and one of the key key tips that we always give is, you know, you know, watch what, watch what a man does, not what he says, because men are, <laughs> men are action-oriented. I mean, they'll, they'll use words to, to uh, uh, communicate to the woman and try to get her attention and try to get what they want, but at the end, in the end, men are, men are about action and they're about what their actions do. They don't really need to use a lot of words to say what they're going to do. Yeah, you see that as, you know, with teenage boys, at all, you know, how they want to get the attention from a girl he just doesn't know how to do it uh well maybe the girls don't know it either but i 
remember boys how what trouble they had to get the message through that they really liked you and the, they they wanted to date with you. Right. Do they grow out of that? Are men different? No, I don't think they ever. I, I mean, again, we still that, that's a a real Achilles heel. I think with men is and is you know watch what they do, not what they say. And if you you look at the uh, the book that was out there, um, uh, Greg Bernhardt's book, he's just not that into you. Essentially, the underlying theme of the whole book is all these women writing in saying, you know, we went out. He said he loved me, and we talked twice. Now he doesn't call me anymore, but. He told me he loved me, so something must be wrong. Well, no, his actions are that he really doesn't love you. He's not following up. If a guy really wants to be in a relationship with a woman, he will go out of his way to make sure it's really clear with his actions. Oh, that's says, good to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, if he says he's going to call, he will call. If he's yeah. going to be late, he'll say he's late. So the lack of action, the lack of follow-up, uh, what he says and does is is a is a real flag, and we tell women that watch watch what he does, not what he says. Yes, you know, in my one on one sessions, I have several women who ask me, "Oh, he hasn't called me," and uh, and I have that feeling also that well, if he hasn't called, maybe he's not that interested. But they walk around and they just try to do something, think something. What shall I do now? And they usually call him up, and that's right. not the right way to do it, is it? No, no. I mean, it's it's got to be a, a give and take. And, and again, because women are conditioned and trained to be the nurturers and the communicators and the uh, uh, pay attention to, they, they kind of overreact and think it's about them when in actuality it's not. You know, the guy's just not, he's just not, uh, he's not doing what he said he was. Yeah. And, and you have to take, you almost have to take a leap of faith. And we tell women this, you take a leap of faith with men is, guess what? You know, look back to the times you have been in a relationship or you have been communicating effectively with somebody. They watch what they did. Look at what they did. They actually, you know, proactively stayed in a relationship with you, communicated with you, went overboard to make sure they understood. Because guys know other guys are like that, and they don't want to come off like that when they're interested in somebody. Yeah. Do You know, I've been married a few times, and twice of the men, uh, they proposed like on the second date. Is that what men do? I think, uh, yeah, there are men that do that, and I think that it's typically because of a self-esteem issue or they're, they've interpreted it as something and said, okay, you're the one, and that's good enough. Um, and, you know, having said that, though, men, again, the way men and women interact, you know, women will choose a guy for a host of reasons. Uh, a man will will uh, be selected, or he'll say, "I'm, you know, I'm going to be with that woman based on maybe three to five, and those are three to five really big reasons. And what they are, they could be unique to any man, but you know, it's it's those three to five have to be there, and all the other stuff is just really noise to a guy. So he but, might. But you know, say, those you know, time that time we didn't really know each other, and it was just like having met over dinner. And nothing else. And of course, I said no. <laughs> right. But then they pursued it, and then things changed. So yeah, they had you look at what their intent is. I guess what they're what they're trying to do, what their intent is. That they're lonely. Do they want somebody? They can't be alone. Or you yeah, know, it's, it seems a little uh, drastic to to make that big of a declaration that quick without getting to know you. I felt that way, and of course, to me, it was a little scary, you know, when the when they come so fast. But sometimes they just, uh, as you say, they they're looking. Right, right. Yeah, or you know, they're they're 
trying to be charming or trying to you know look think that oh women all want to get married so I'll just tell her I want to marry her. Not that you know another thing is what yeah it, sorry another thing I learned about men never uh, you know uh, have your man hungry. What do you say to that? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the states. <laughs> You know, one of the states that we say is there's six states that a man's typically in 90% of the time. And the yeah. states, you know, women always say men are horny, which is one of the states, and are sexual. But, yes, which is yeah. true. This yeah, the others are uh, happy, hungry, horny, hurry, tired, and angry. Yeah, but this hungry bit, I have noticed even the nicest man, when he's hungry, you can't deal with him. You have to feed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it's for us, it's it's like a church bell going off in our head. Our blood sugar gets low, and all we can again be in task and simple. All we can think about is satisfying our hunger. Yeah. So we try to condition women to say, "Look, if instead of saying, are you hungry?' Because pigs are always hungry. It's what degree. So if someone's <laughs> hungry, if it's been more than an hour since they've eaten them, don't try to have a conversation with them. Let them get something to eat, and then have a conversation. And my That's girlfriend true. does that all the time. She, first yeah. words out of her mouth is, when did you eat last? Versus, are you hungry? Because <laughs> I'm it's like, well, I'm, of course I'm hungry. That's a silly question. Yeah. So and that's the first been, thing you have to do with him. I feed him. And then... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's and we've had, uh, we've had guys that are on dates to say, they'll start going out, and the you know, woman will start getting into a deep conversation, and, and I tell them, the guy will say, look, I'm really hungry. Let me get some food in me. Let's... You know, let's not get into a heavy conversation yet. Let me get some food in me, and then I'll, I'd really like to have that dialogue with you. Yeah, and, so that's that's true. You should do that. Yeah, and that goes for women too, but not to that degree, though. Women can handle being hungry for some reason. Yeah, and oh um, boy, if they could package that up, they could sell you know a million bucks. <laughs> <laughs> men would buy it. <laughs> now, how do men communicate differently than women? Women do. Well, you know, again, it's it's on the whole, it's really by their actions, and then it's um, and usually it's just very direct. Um, most guys don't really beat around the bush, and and I think some of the conversations men get frustrated with is they make a declarative statement about something, and then the woman tries to interpret it and says, "Oh, that's what this must mean." So the guy gets frustrated and goes, "No, it means this. There's nothing else to interpret. This is what it is." That is that is the structure, actually, how one should communicate. Yeah, yeah, and, and again, we we tease and say it's kind of like men are, you know, six colors of the crayon box, and women are one of those multi, you know, many many colors of the crayon box. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Michael. What do you do? What is your profession? Where do you come from? And a uh, little bit um, since your co-author hasn't dialed in yet, I'm going to grill you a little bit. Sure. No, that's fine. I, uh, my background is I, uh, I grew up in Denver, Colorado, and um, um, have a degree in engineering and, and got into the computer industry and traveled the world and did uh, international sales for well, probably about 20 years, traveled to Europe and, and to um, uh, Asia quite a bit. And so I, would, I was in the high-tech field, and, and I would do uh, run sales departments for software startups. And so uh, I had the opportunity to, to meet quite a few people and um, um, talk with them, do trainings, you know, education, stuff like that. And, and through that, I ended up doing um, some training and selling for people to bring them to kind of a new level. So I was always, one of the ways I was successful was really understanding, you know, people are people at the end of the day, regardless of what, 
country or culture or background, and everybody yeah. has certain needs, basic needs. Were women different, do you feel, in each country, in one country from the other? I, different they, from, the America, from the American woman? Well, de yeah, definitely different than the American woman. I think American women have a much higher, uh, um, I think there's a much more hype here of trying to be everything and trying to be masculine and trying to be feminine and trying to be it all, whereas it seems women in Europe like to be women and they like men to be men and they appreciate the differences. There's, there's been a lot of political fallout here of people saying, no, no, we're all the same and you all got to get along and you all have to, you know, you have to just work on these skills versus looking at it from the view of, okay, he's a guy, he's not going to overthink this thing, he's going to be really clear. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's, been, it's been quite interesting. Yes, me being European, of course, I feel there is a difference. You know, the European men are a little different, and European women are a little bit different, and also the way they, they communicate with each other is a little bit different. And I think uh, uh, the respect you see towards the mother is a little bit greater in Europe mm. than here. Mm. That's true. Did you see that? That's very true. Yeah, that's very true. I think we've lost as a society here the respect of our elders in the U.S. and in North America. Uh, you, see it in, you see it in Asia quite a bit. You see it in Europe. You see it in Nordic countries, obviously. Um, you know, the family integration is much still, still much tighter than it is here in the States. And, and, you know, it's funny, at the end of the day, when people get kind of out there trying to be the successful person, male or female, they're always... And they're always looking back as in kind of an awe or a respect for, I guess, European family values and, and culture and, and that closeness that they still have. They might not get along with everybody, but they're still in relationship. Yes, very true. And uh, in some countries, well, it's spreading all over now, but Sweden, for instance, and I'm Swedish again, I keep on repeating that, uh, but uh, men and women got together and lived together without, being married and I think Sweden mm. started that in the world and they still stayed together and they still were fa faithful to each other and uh, they had very good relationships without the benefit of being married and right. that would have been impossible in America I think uh, 40 years yeah, ago I think people, people here get you know conditioned like they've got to get in their 20s and 30s they've got to get married I mean there's that underlying feeling even in men and women we talk to, that even if they're aware of, of that pressure, they still kind of come at it from the conversation of I meet a man, whether they're in their 30s or 40s or 50s, and they're, they're, their conversation starts into the, okay, is he the one for me? Can I get married to him? Will he be the one? And versus like, look, let me just start out kind of get a relationship going and start to see if I can get along with this person, and, you know, we'll see where it goes. Instead of having this expectation coming into it that, okay, I've gone out with you three times, that means we're getting married. But this is what you see a lot in Europe. And I remember when uh, I've seen groups of children uh, playing and they were all without married parents. <laughs> but the parents were all together. They had good family homes. So uh, it's just that uh, it's, uh, it's a certain kind of trust that you have. Mm. that uh, you may not see here in the same way unless you're married. Do you have an opinion on that? Well, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, but we started to notice, and we've talked to actually other uh, you know, people in Canada and, and newspapers have noticed this too, is women now that are, are, um, have gone, there's almost kind of role reversal. As they've done the married life and had the kids and everything, they get 
you know, out in life and they've made some money and they're self, self-sufficient, they're now kind of taking the male role in their 40s and 50s saying, you know what, I don't want to bring you into my environment until I know for sure we're going to get along and there's really some substance. Otherwise, let's just date and I'm going to keep my whole world away from Yeah. Are you there? Hello? Okay. It seemed that you disappeared. Oh, I cut out there. Oh, okay. And I see time is flying. We have been on for 50 minutes, and I was going to do my little meditation in the end, so I'm going to do that now. And uh, I have to thank you so very much, Michael. This was fun. I would love you to come back if you would like to something. Yeah, we'd love to have you. My my co-author on as well. He's a lot of fun. As well, has a lot of good experiences. Love yeah, that's back. great. So we can do it with him next time. Excellent. And uh, wonderful. And can you say your name, uh, your uh, the name of the book again, and how people sure. can get it, it's, and your uh, email address and everything. Sure. The name of the book is Know Your Pig: Playful Relationship Advice for Understanding Your Man. Uh, my name is Michael Coogan, and it's also written with uh, William Burton. You can look, uh, get the book off our website, which is knowyourpig.com, or you can get it at Amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com or any of the dot-com retailers. That's wonderful, and I think they should do that. I think you have a couple of buyers already from today, or a couple you need more. (laughs) 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 So, um, But uh, it's a book worthwhile reading. It's a fun book. It's the one you can lie in bed and you have your man next to you, and uh, you laugh, laugh out loud and you... We'll just talk about everything that you're reading. So I think it's a great little book. Thank you. So buy it, everyone. And, Michael, thank you so very much for being here. If you want to stay on or you can hang up, but I'm ending the show now with the meditation. Okay, great. So thank you. Thank you a million. It was great fun having you here, and you were a charming person to me, <laughs> uh, you so know, much. when I met you in person. <laughs> so um, be good. And thank you so much, and my best regards to your co-author. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Okay, everyone now, and begin to relax and relax and relax now. And know that within you, somewhere within you, in your chest area, there is a place that knows all and sees all. And that is your inner light. You take a deep breath now and you close your eyes and you begin to relax and relax and relax. And you feel good about yourself. You begin to feel that you actually like yourself. And you take another deep breath. And now you imagine yourself under a star-filled sky. And that star-filled sky is filled with twinkling stars. And you look up at the stars. And you feel so connected to this universe. Because you know right now, this very moment, you are also on a star. And that star shines. Yes, it shines all around you and those rays of light are now entering your body from all around you and you feel so bright and light within you 
and now suddenly it's like you feel you can do anything at all. You feel so powerful. You feel so happy. It's like you have unlimited power within you. And you take another deep breath. And you breathe out. You breathe out of all the old. And you now breathe in all new. You breathe in this light. The light that is an unconditional love. And you begin to love you. That body that you represent. Those feelings that you represent. And you know now that you are a being of love, of energy. And light is now coming from all above you and is entering your body. And that light swirls around within you and throws out anything that doesn't belong. You feel so content now. You feel so well. It's like you brush off your body. And each time you brush off your body, it's like you shine even more and more and more. And you imagine yourself in a beautiful garden. That garden is filled with wonderful flowers and trees. Big, big green trees filled with flowers. And you feel so happy about all and everything. You are so content. And you are now going to to continue today. And you are going to continue into tomorrow. And you feel so good about you. You feel strong. You feel happy. You feel extraordinarily well. And you take a deep breath. And when I count to seven, you ought to open your eyes again. Number one. Number two. Number three. The light is shining within you right now, and you love this light. Yes, you love the light. And it shines all through you right now, in your arms, in your legs, up your neck, and around and inside of your head. Your thoughts are now becoming clearer and clearer and clearer. You feel good about you and your life. Number four, again, you love all about you. Number five, you trust that you are a child of the light. You just know who you are. You are a being that is healthy, that is happy, that is well. And now number six. You feel so open in your thought and in your love. And right now it's like a feeling of love is going through your body. And you are so grateful for the one you are. You are so relaxed. 
Number seven, you open your eyes right now. Thank you. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 